0: Hey guys, welcome back to the short-term show. Today we have Julie Gates. She has got some really interesting strategies. She's got a little bit of everything in her portfolio, but her favorite thing and the thing that I'm most interested in hearing about is what she calls the long short rental. Hey Julie, how's it going? Tell us about that. Good, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Uh, So you wanna start off by just telling us a little bit about yourself, uh, how you got into real estate, things like that? Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm
1: in Savannah, Georgia, and I've been here a while. And my husband and I were working on our retirement plan, and so we were starting to buy some rental properties for that purpose. And we ran out of money because you always have to come up with that twenty percent down payment. And so we have a pool house on our property that is was already furnished. I kind of had it good, I have to say, uh, but. So I heard about Airbnb and I said, babe, what if I were to rent this out on Airbnb? And he was like, nobody would book this. I mean, we live on acreage. Like we're not like in the historic district of Savannah where you think of the typical tourists going, you know, we're in the suburbs. And I said, well, let me try it. And then every penny I make is going to go towards saving up for my next rental property. And he he gave me the green light, which I was actually really thrilled about. And um, I just fell in love. Once I had a few of those guests getting to know just some really awesome people, and they actually liked it. And the money was great. And I used that to buy my next one, and then pretty too, pretty soon two bought three, and three bought four. And so it's kind of been a snowball. Um, but it was I, I definitely fell in love. Like it's my favorite thing. I love furnished rentals. Absolutely love it.
0: Me too. It's uh, it's definitely nice to not. to to just not have to think about that. So um, let's talk a little bit about Savannah. So I know Savannah has some short-term rental regulations and it's kind of what I would call like an in-between market. So yes, it is a very vacation and tourist heavy market, but I don't think it's 100% dependent on that like a lot of the markets that I'm in. And correct me if I'm wrong about that, I could be 100% wrong. So uh, is it mostly tourism or are there like, is there other industry? To me, it's kind of like an in-between thing. What do you think?
1: I totally agree with you. Um, Obviously, I'm not like an expert. Uh, Maybe I am. I don't know, but I don't think of myself as an expert. Uh, Savannah is actually the fourth largest port in the U.S. So I would say one of our biggest things here is importing and exporting. Uh, Savannah is absolutely huge for that. We also have um, a humongous film industry representation here. So um, there's a lot of different industries here and tourism is definitely huge, but I would not say that tourism is, I mean, like Hawaii is a market where I would say uh, similar to the Smoky Mountains, you know, where it's like a big, big, big chunk of the um, income is from tourism and, and Savannah, I would not say that about. So I totally agree with that.
0: Okay, cool. And what are the regulations? Because I know there are some regulations in Savannah, which might be, maybe it's not, but might be why you do the long short in some of your units. So can you kind of expand on that? Because I know we have a lot of listeners who, at least I hear a lot, when um, people get into short term, they're like, I want to buy something in Savannah, but I don't know anything about that market. So I'd love to hear.
1: Sure, absolutely. And I want to just preface everything, you know, you can do well in any market, and I'm telling you, you could drop me anywhere in the U.S., and I'm going to cash flow. That's just who I am, and I'm going to figure it out. And I have figured it out, and I am doing short-term furnished rentals in areas where I can't get a short-term certificate. So don't ever think that there's a bad market, because I'm going to tell you you're wrong. Um, there's Every market is good. You just have to be creative about it. But um, Savannah is great in that it does... I I hear this as a positive and I kind of agree. It's like, if there's already regulation uh, in place for short-term rentals, you know, you're safe. You know, nobody wants to get shut down. That's really horrible. I mean, you want to operate within the letter of the law and I would never tell you not to do that. So we do have short-term rental certificates. I couldn't tell you how many, to be honest with you, because they used to just hand them out like candy. Um, they They just wanted the tax and they were thrilled for it. But the historic district was becoming... Um, a big hotel. And so they really wanted to keep it, you know residential. There are many, many families that have been there for many generations. And um, you know we have the students. You know, needing to stay. We have there's just so much going on in the historic district. We have several colleges right there. The uh, the biggest one is probably Savannah College of Art and Design. So we have a lot of student rentals. I mean, there's just a lot going on down there. So I don't know what year, but a few years back they did uh, say, okay, you know, everyone that currently has, we're going to cap it off. And so if you have a short-term rental certificate, you're safe and you're fine. But we're only going to issue. I want to say it's 5,000, but I couldn't be wrong. I really shouldn't even put a number on it, but they said, this is it that we aren't going to issue any more. So, um, if you, let's say you wanted to have a short term rental in the historic district today, I would have to go and apply and get on the waiting list and I would have to wait for someone to give up their short term rental certificate, which is, I, w- I would assume very rare. Um, And if you have one on a property in the historic district that actually does add to the value, you can buy a home and purchase that certificate with the home, which is fantastic. And um, people do it all the time. So you can get on Zillow if you wanting to do this and you can find that it's going to tell you right in the ad, you know, this home has a short term rental certificate. And so as long as you buy one with that, you, you just buy an instant Airbnb. You can also very instantly buy it furnished included. I mean, a lot of these owners, when they're ready to sell, you know, the whole, it's a whole package, which is great. Um, and one of my units did actually turn over to a new owner this year, which was awesome for the, the new guy. You know, the guy bought it for 120 sold it this year for half a million, you know, very happy. And then the new guy instantly has an Airbnb and a place to stay in the winter. He's from up north. So we do have that um, in place. Um, and I do manage several in the historic district. And I really enjoy it. It's been really great because every part of Savannah is very different. And I, like I said, I live in the suburbs. And before I really started managing downtown, I didn't really get down there a lot unless I had company. But now I go all the time. And it's really fun, and it was funny because my 16 year old was learning to drive. Well, he was 15, and he said, "Oh, I'm never. When do you ever parallel park?" And I said, "I just parallel parked yesterday, you know, downtown Savannah. Like it was kind of fun to to say that and and mess with him." He's like, "Oh, but we, you know, it's it's really interesting down there." But um, the thing that I like, as far as being an investor, if I can digress a little bit, is I like to really go where no one else is, and I think. You know, when I see everyone running to, let's say, an Airbnb, I'm going to go the other direction. So um, I very much saw a need here for what I call a long short, which is a stay of 30 days or more. We had um, this is years ago. I knew we had digital nomads, which are people that could work for anywhere. We had travel nurses. We had families moving in and out and they were always wanting to use my Airbnbs. But I would have one booking right in the middle of the time. And so I couldn't take them. And I said, well, this is there's a market here, there's a need. Um, so I really started kind of veering off into the 30 days or more and the houses that weren't in the historic district that were just in regular neighborhoods but also in great locations. Uh, but they were definitely in areas where I could not even get a short-term rental certificate even if I wanted to because it was not designated as a tourist area. So I started buying homes you know, just outside that. I didn't have or need a short-term rental certificate and I furnished them, put them up on multiple different websites and rented them and still do uh, 30 days or more. And and it's been going great. I mean, I couldn't believe the need. Every time I would say, oh no, I'm, I'm tapped out. you know, Maybe I'm gonna have some vacancy. And then I go, oh no, I need three more houses. Uh, so it's really, it's been good. And I, I've talked to people from all over. It's not just Savannah, like now that COVID came Everyone's a digital nomad. You can literally work from anywhere. You can bring your kids. Um, So there's actually even a greater need for the 30 days or more uh, bookings. So I've really been amazed at the need. I'm still adding on houses, you know, every month, and uh, as I add different owners and things. So I think it's a really exciting time. So I'm able to make almost the same amount as a short-term rental, but. I'm going to, I'm going to book the home for 45 nights or 90 nights or whatever it is they need. I don't really care, but I have full, full occupancy and there's zero vacancy. Whereas your typical Airbnb, you're going to expect about 30% vacancy. You know, you may not book Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night every week. Whereas my long shorts, they're booked, you know, for two months straight, I'm going to deep clean it at 10 and I'm going to have another guest move in at four and they're going to be there for another two months, you know? So it's been a kind of a niche market and I've, I don't know i really enjoy
0: it if that makes sense yeah yeah it totally makes sense and there's so many questions that i want to ask you but only one at a time so um my biggest question before we like kind of zoom out and talk about your portfolio so this is definitely i think an emerging asset class or rental class is the long short or medium term uh, but the over 30 day but not you know a traditional long-term lease kind of deal. So when you have people that are booking these for 45, 60 days, are they booking those on the short-term rental platforms or are they signing a traditional paper lease?
1: I do it all. I do, um, probably 60% is direct and we do a lease. We do a background and credit check. And then we do a payment, uh, request for them moving forward, which the technology is very helpful to have that. And then I do book on the, um, on the OTAs. I do book these long shorts on Airbnb, VRBO, you know, any standard. I, I'm everywhere. I am i don't discriminate by any means. If I can make a buck, I'm going to do it. So um, I've really worked hard to get my name out there. So I do get calls directly, you know, um, like if I were, I'm starting to manage outside of Savannah as well for these long shorts. And so, you know, the first thing I do is I'm going to reach out to the industries in the area and say, hey, if you have an executive, you know, movies coming in, town, whatever. I'm here for you. Like you just kind of have to get the word out. I'm, maybe I'm just old school with that. Like we get a ton of um, people in the entertainment industry that'll call because they need, you know, housing especially due to COVID. Like um, there's just so many different ways to do it. But once people know about you, once you've made them aware of what you're doing, they're all about it. Um, it's really great. And the other advantage that I love, um, my husband is an accountant, um, is that. You can you're actually taxed as a long term real estate investor. So short term rentals, you know, it's considered an active investment. And I, I'm going to get it wrong. I think it's a Schedule E, but if you're doing a long short, it's a Schedule C. Now I may have that backwards, but it's actually a tax advantage as well
0: to keep the guest for a longer stay. Okay, awesome. So that's that's very interesting. So let's back up, zoom out really quick big picture talk now. Uh, so what all is in your portfolio? Because I know you have a lot of different types of real estate. So what does your portfolio look like as a whole?
1: Well, um, my personal portfolio, cause I manage furnished rentals for others, but for my okay. personal po- portfolio, I do, uh, co- some commercial, some long-term rentals for sure. Like that was kind of my whole plan was to add long-term rentals and then the furnished, um, and I think that's it.
0: Well, that's several at that that's, covers just about everything. So, sounds like you've got a, right. a, a pretty diversified portfolio. So, uh, what did you buy first? Did you buy the furnished rentals or did you buy the long terms or what was your first foray into real estate investing?
1: Um, Interestingly enough, first foray was commercial um we purchased we own another business and we bought commercial so that we could rent it out um, so that we didn't have to rent and that we could also rent to neighbors so we started actually in commercial um and then moved into residential i know that's probably not typical but i didn't really understand real estate uh, at first like we were business people but um other than for our own use we really didn't understand it that's one of my biggest regrets is not knowing about you know residential real estate sooner you hear all the I don't want to fix a toilet you know you hear all that and I mean I just didn't have a family that was into real estate so my husband and I are very much self-taught with what we're doing
0: yeah same here Uh, we were the first people on either side of our families to to buy real estate and some of them still don't understand it like uh, my husband's parents Mm -hmm. are like y'all are gonna go bankrupt and we're like that's not really how that works but um it's it's definitely a different, a mindset shift to, and mm-hmm. because I mean, I was like a big Dave Ramsey reader before I got into real estate investing. You really do have to like, yeah. like change your mindset and change your thought process to be okay with leverage and know that not all debt is bad debt. I don't think mortgages are bad debt personally, but others might disagree, but it really is a mindset shift to start buying real estate. So uh, let's hear about your your furnished rentals. Tell us, you know, what what those look like. How many do you have? What size? Uh, what what does that picture look like?
1: Um, I manage a total. Uh, right now, I'm a little over thirty. I'm hoping to. Oh wow! I really want to be over hundred by Christmas. That's my plan. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, the houses that I really gravitate towards, and if someone tells me that they're looking, I tell them don't and I'm not in the luxury market. Okay. you're in, you know, like the Smokies and Destin, I'm sure that's a lot more, but especially for these long shorts. (laughs) Okay. Maybe I'm sorry. I don't, I'm just trying to say I'm not into the luxury thing. So I don't want to pretend like I am speaking on that because I, I look for regular houses and regular neighborhoods that are great values and I'm going to make them fabulous. But when you're paying the utilities, um, you know, if you have a three bedroom, two bath, that's, eleven hundred square feet versus a three bedroom two bath that's fifteen eighteen hundred square feet I mean, that's on you and it's not like you can really rent it out furnished for a ton more because of that 600 square feet. You're pretty much going to rent it out the same. And when you think of someone, you know, they're coming for a month or two, well, they, they probably don't care. I mean, when you're talking resale, that 600 square feet makes a big difference. And when you're talking about living in it for 30 years, that's 600 square feet. So to me, I tend to buy them very differently. If I'm buying it furnished, I might actually love is a two bedroom, one bath. I, I, I love that. I can rent that to one person. I can rent that to two people. I can rent it to four people. I probably wouldn't put five, but for travelers and executives and the kind of people that I'm going after a two bedroom, one bath or a two, two is always is fantastic. So that's kind of my bread and butter. I would do anything. I have a, I have an owner that I'm, um, starting to work with now, she's just purchased a place. It's a three, three, it's a three bedroom, three bath, and we're going to run it by the bedroom. Like I'm going to make anything cash flow and I enjoy a different challenge. But as far as what I have personally purchased, it tends to be the smaller homes that I know, you know, I want to, it's got to be priced appropriately too. Like if you have, you know, a $400,000 three bedroom, two bath, like that's going to be hard to cash flow on, uh, you know, even if you do furnish it, whereas, you know, I have a three bedroom one bath that i paid 51,000 for and i'm able to you know rent that out fully furnished at a very nice return i'm really proud of it and it's people love it you know they don't need it's 900 square feet but it's a three bedroom one bath home but they're only there for two months like who cares like it's kind of a win-win for all of us so i actually kind of prefer the smaller square footage if i'm purchasing the home because i find the cash flow is actually a lot better if that makes sense.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. It's a very versatile size. I've got a few one Mm -hmm. and two bedrooms. Two bedrooms really are like, like you said, you can rent it to a couple or a small family or two couples. Uh, And I'm definitely also of the mindset. I don't like to cram too many people into a house. Like my two bedrooms are for four people, maybe five if it's a kid. But I know there's a lot of investors out there that think I'm crazy and I'm leaving a ton of money on the table by having that policy. But I just really don't think that it's beneficial to cram too many people into a house. What do you think? I totally agree. I mean, if I had a ski chalet,
1: yes, heads in beds. People are gonna go for the weekend. They wanna take all their friends. I mean, I get it. You can definitely probably make more money if you're at a very short-term environment. I get it, like Disney. Okay, I'm at Disney. And I have a three-bedroom home. I'm probably going to put two bunk beds in one of those bedrooms. I mean, I I would, but um, that's not that's not where I tend to gravitate. But I it really depends on the market and what's going on. I guess is what I would say to that. But yeah, my bread for the long shorts, I like a two-one. That's what I like. And like this past year, I did some multifamily and there people are on top of each other. I didn't want a ton of people. So what I did was I made one room an office, I made the other room a queen, and I said max of two people because I don't want inter, you know, um neighbor issues. So mm. there's no way to have tons of noise. It's 30 days or more, there's no way they're going to have a party and it's max of two people and I have had zero issues, you know, with them sharing walls. Like it's it's been really great. So You really want to, in my opinion, you want to furnish the home and set the home up for what your vision is. And then you've got to go market towards that vision. So like I said, um, if you're a ski chalet, you're going to obviously decorate that and furnish it completely different than if you're doing a long short in, say, Denver, like a ski chalet in Breckenridge versus a long short in Denver. I'm going to furnish and buy completely differently. And they're both going to do well, but you've got to know your market um, before you move on that.
0: I think that's a really important nugget for people to pull out of that is to know your market and you. what works for one type of rental in one market does not mean it's going to be the, also the best option for a different type of rental in a different market. So I see people a lot of times that are like, well, uh, you know, in Nashville, when I'm catering to bachelorette parties of 25 people, I stack them, you know, I put 12 bunk beds in one bedroom. But when, you know, maybe when you're doing a a beach property or a, a long short, like you're doing, it just, that doesn't make sense. So you do have to adapt your strategy to the market and not just try to do a one size fits all uh, scenario. So I think that's really smart. So right. Yeah. If you had market, a two bedroom in veil, I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh no, go ahead. Go ahead. A two bedroom in veil. I mean,
1: I'm not going to go after the business traveler. Like that's a right. vacation traveler. So I'm going to furnish that totally different
0: yeah, yeah. And then the the arbitrage method too. So a lot of people, uh, especially when they're getting started and they don't necessarily have a lot of capital to invest in purchasing one, uh, they will. it works really well in metro markets. And then they come to me and want to arbitrage in the Smokies. I'm like, that doesn't really work here because all the owners that w- want that little like low maintenance, they're just going to throw it on a local property manager and make more money than if they rent it to you long-term. So you just, you really have to play to the market. But um, speaking of markets, so you said you are expanding. How are you choosing your markets when you when you choose a market? Um, It's I
1: believe in this model in any market, because there's just not a whole lot of month to month rentals anywhere there. And in this with the how do you say, with the market the way it is, a lot of the landlords have sold out. So it's actually even harder to find a furn- an unfurnished rental. So the need for these month-to-month rentals is huge. But um, I'm actually really, what I'm looking for are the hosts and the homeowners. It's more than the market. That's that's so important to me. Um, is someone that really gets my vision, really wants to do it this way. Um, I'm, I'm not like, oh, I have to have Nashville, which of course that's like one of the best ones or the Smokies, like- um, I'm really looking to partner with different people that really want to maximize on what I enjoy, which is the technology and the marketing side and the lease up, and then they, are, they manage the home. So we're the smaller homeowner, you know, someone that has you know, a portfolio of 60 in three or four different markets is gonna want a lot more um, than what I'm looking to do. They're you know, probably looking for more like a fully uh, a turnkey operation. Um, so I'm really looking to focus on the long shorts and, um, do all of the marketing for them and the money management. A lot of the lease ups, that's where a lot of the work is, is just getting the client in the door once they're there for, there for several months. And it's actually a fairly easy to monitor. Um, but that's what I'm excited about is the, really the long short, um, model.
0: Okay. That, that makes a lot of sense. So where, uh, if I, so say I'm a brand newbie. Uh, and I wanna get into the long short thing. Am I looking for uh, medium sized cities or am I looking for, I know a lot of people look for uh, health traveling healthcare workers. Uh, so is there a specific set of things to look for if you're thinking, well, you know, I don't really wanna do short term, but long short sounds like a good mm-hmm. idea. What are you looking for in a market uh, when you're looking to do that kind of investment? That's a good
1: question. Um, you always hospitals are great because if you can have um, a home that's priced where a travel nurse can afford it, or even if you can run it by the bedroom, you can do very well. Travel ner- travel professionals are great. Also, a university, um, military talents. We actually have two military bases in Savannah, and you know people are constantly coming and going for training, like you just wouldn't believe the industry. I mean, like I told you, we have the port and one of my long shorts, it got rented for a year and a half because this giant warehouse at the port, The um, it was a Home Depot warehouse and uh, uh, something messed up the roof. And I mean, really messed up the roof. And so they wanted my house for one of their executives for a year and a half. They, they had this guy and it was such a specialty job. You know, so I mean, just big industry in general. So, you know, like I said, industry, universities, hospitals, any kind of, area that's going to have people coming and going, especially if there are a lot of people moving in and out. Um, Like I said, we have two military bases. So we do a lot of families moving in and out and they need a place to stay. And it's always great if a family can live in a house for a month or two and really get to know the area. You hate to say, hey, I know you live in Detroit. How about just buy a house and just hope it's the right neighborhood for your family? Well, how do you know the Savannah market if you're in Detroit? You know, these these families typically haven't been here before they move in. So they'll stay with me. I do really, you know, it's up to the homeowner, of course, but I do really encourage them to be pet friendly because especially uh, the families and a lot of the traveling professionals. Now they have a pet. You would not believe how many people travel with cats. It is beyond my comprehension but it really does happen. So um, I'm one of the few people that'll take them. I'm like, I'll take your Shetland pony. Like, I really don't care. As long as you pay my pet fee and you don't damage the home, like we'll take you. And, and they love that, you know, so you just wouldn't believe there's so much need for these 30 days or more, just all kinds of different people that need them. I mean, maybe in the middle of the prairie where there's no industry, maybe not, I don't know, but (laughs) anywhere that there's a decent sized city, there's a need.
0: Okay, so it sounds like it's a pretty flexible model and it might be a good thing for somebody who's kind of new to to test the waters with that it can be done in a lot of places. Maybe not like in the middle of Wyoming, five hours from anywhere, but everybody probably lives within an hour of somewhere that would make a good one.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and my, um, one of my long shorts is in a suburb. And so there's no, like, uh, there's no short terminal ordinance or anything. I'm not like breaking any laws. So I do have it as a long short, just cause I prefer that model, but I ended up with a two week space in there. Well, of course I want to fill those nights. I have a homeowner that I'm trying to, you know, make generate uh, cash flow for he has a mortgage. So I did drop that minimum night stay to, to seven nights. And so I I'll try to put one or two bookings in that. That space between the long shorts and people need it. I mean, it's amazing. You know that you just never see it coming. I'm sure there. I'm sure I'm not the only person to say, "Wow, I put this house on Airbnb and someone booked it." I'm so shocked. Like I think every host has said that at one point, point. and mm-hmm. um, it's really true for these furnished rentals for any duration of stay. You just put it out there and you kind of see what you get, and that's where you start with one and then go to two. Like my market isn't huge. But I, you know, I still haven't tapped out and I'm, I've been amazed at the demand. Absolutely amazed.
0: That's awesome. That's really cool. I love hearing that something that's kind of a new style strategy is is working out really well. So that's awesome news. So let's tell me what advice would you give 20 year old Julie, uh, if you knew then what you know now?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um I just, man, I just want to say, don't be an idiot. (laughs) That's really what I want to say to myself. But um, I really, I, I was always very frugal and I definitely did the Dave Ramsey thing. It's so funny that you said that because I, and I'm proud to say that, like I got out of college with, I did have debt, but I didn't have stupid debt. I didn't have credit card debt. I didn't have like a car payment. So I was always careful with my money, but I wish I really would have understood um cash flow and basics of investing and how i mean i my friend rachel i was talking to last night she and her husband keep buying living there and then moving and buying something else living there moving and she turns them all into airbnbs and they're fabulous and that's such a great way to add to your portfolio and of course i got into this too late i already had two children and a home you know i didn't plan to leave like if you can get into real estate when you're really mobile um and you don't have a, a family to haul around with you, it's, I mean, that's a game changer. So really the sooner you get into it, the better. Other thing I want to say is only do it. If you love it, it's really not for everyone. You know, if, if small problems or someone uh, you know, let's say a toilet overflowing, I mean, it's the best example. If that really stresses you out, like you might not want to um, get into real estate because stuff like that does happen, but you really have to get to where you say, Hey, you know, stuff's going to happen like last week i had i mean just amazing things were happening in my company i was so excited and i had a water heater go out and not only did the water heater go out the handyman went through the roof in two places and i was like <laughs> you know what it's such a good week i can't even be upset. like that's real estate is my handyman is gonna come through the roof a couple times and it really is okay it really, really is okay. And so I, that's one thing I learned very quickly was, you know what, especially with furnished rentals, stuff's going to happen and you just can't let it ruin your day or your week or your month. You have to really find a lot of joy in it and all the people that you meet and just, in, just have fun with it. Like it's all a big adventure. And I always have the best stories at parties. I'm sure you can agree with this, Avery. Like if you're an Airbnb host, you literally are going to have the best story at the dinner party that Friday night and I love that I love being like well you won't believe what happened this time like and my assistant she even told me she's like I love when my kids come home they always ask me what I've been doing at work and she said they've never said that before (laughs) but I mean just stuff it crazy stuff happens every day of the week and I enjoy it like embrace the weird I always tell people that just embrace the weird it's fine (laughs) Yeah,
0: <laughs> I totally agree with that. So, like on the on the same along the same lines of that, what advice would you give a new investor who's looking to get started today? The way the market is today, you know, it's pretty hot. Uh, what advice would you give them?
1: Do not overpay. Do not. I am so nervous by some of the stuff I'm hearing. You know, it sounds just like 2008. And I want you to know, I was here, and I, I, we got our companies through that recession of the great recession and it was tough and it's only because we had bought right and we'd been careful you know i wish we could have taken advantage of it you know investment wise but um don't get tempted to just buy something just because the market keeps going up don't say just because it's going up today it's going to keep going up just be very careful i've told so many people um I don't know you know, how big the area is where you live, but for where I live, I watch three zip codes like a hawk. And those three, anytime a house hits the market in those three zip codes, I am notified. And I know I look at the square feet. I look at the price per square foot. I look at the house where it's located. like. I've studied these three markets so carefully, these only three zip codes. And in just in my area, there's probably 40. I don't know. There's a ton of zip codes, but I don't want houses anywhere, but these three. Okay. It makes my life so much easier. And I know what I want and I know right where I want to be. So anytime it hits the market, I know it's there. I'm watching it. And if it's a great deal, I go after it that day. And if I go, okay, I it's not there yet. I'm going to let it sit. And then I'm going to go in later with a much lower price. If you go in on day one with a low ball offer, you're probably going to get turned down. But if it sits for 60 days, you're going to have a little bit more, um, luck with that. So Mm -hmm. I really definitely specialize, definitely stick with one or two things that, you know, really well, instead of just trying to say, Hey, New York, New York, let me just see what's on the market." No that's, that's just crazy. Like you don't, nobody has that much time.
0: That's very, very good advice. Uh, so last question, what is your favorite book or just a book that you've read recently that has impacted your mindset?
1: Um, I don't, I try to read books, but I, I have to say just from a a while ago, a book that was really great, even though I hated the book is the four hour work week. I thought Mm -hmm. it, it really, I hated it, but the concept of using technology to make my life simpler. And I really, it's really stuck with me. I really embrace technology. And if you're going to be in this industry, you've got to embrace and use and be comfortable with technology. And if you're not, you need to hire someone like myself, like Avery that does, because the person that is good with technology is going to lap you six different ways. Like the people that are trying to do everything by hand in the short term rental space, they're not doing it as well. And you're not going to make as much, um, someone like myself. And I'm sure you can say this to Avery. you're an agent. I am not an agent. Um, but I pay for myself because I'm so good. I can, you don't even know my parts coming out. I've, mm-hmm. you know, I've told people that, and, and a, a solid property manager, a solid agent is going to do that for you. They're going to pay for themselves where you're going to do. So they're going to just guide you correctly. Um, it is a very fast paced industry. Um, and I do, I learn a ton. Just um, podcasting has been huge for me. I, for some reason I learned very well when it's conversational, even when I was in grad school, if I could just go over my notes verbally with friends, I would learn it so much better than just reading it. So for me, books are great. I do read on audible, you know, when I can, but there's so much free information with podcasting. I just really recommend anyone, no matter what you're into um, you know, my husband listens to economic podcasts, like all day i would be asleep yeah, that <laughs> <But> sounds terrible <laughs> yes exactly accounting podcasts oh my gosh she's so into it you know but for I, anything short term real estate i listen to it it's out there it's free and it's criminal if you're not using that to your advantage because there's just so much great information I, and i'm sorry to say that but even above books i would say you need to get out there with podcasts especially in this industry where things change so quickly a book is gonna go out of date very quickly if it's about short term rentals. And I apologize for saying that to all the authors, but what's true today is not true two years from now. And how long does it take to launch a book? You know, but podcasts are very much like filmed last week. I'm hearing about mm-hmm. this today. I get what's going on in San Diego. I know that, you know, Honolulu is shut down, whatever. You know, I understand these markets very well just because I'm able to listen in real time almost.
0: Yeah, yeah. Podcasts are awesome because, like you said, they are in real time. You can hear a lot of different experiences instead of just the experience of one person, the author. So, mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of podcasts. I also listen to every real estate podcast out there and a lot of entrepreneur podcasts, too. I didn't even know yeah. there were economics podcasts, but good for your husband. <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome. So, Julie, thank you so, so much for coming. We really appreciate having you. So uh, if our listeners want to get a hold of you, maybe ask you some questions or maybe interview you to manage their property, where can they find you? Yes, my website,
1: my website, I should say that wrong, is Sid was here. S-I-D Sid was here. Sid is actually a squirrel. I didn't really say anything about our squirrels, but my son, Joshi runs a squirrel rescue. And the first squirrel he ever rescued was Sid. And I started seeing squirrels everywhere when I was looking at real estate. And I was like, oh, there's Sid, there's Sid. So we ended up naming it Sid Was Here. So just, I'm telling you that so you'll remember. But anyway, <laughs> and my email is julie at sidwashere.com. But you can reach out through the website. We'd love to talk to you if you need anything. Um, it's such a great industry. I love talking to short-term rentals.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you again so, so much for coming and we'll catch you next time. Absolutely.
1: Thank you, Avery.